Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 235. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we preside over another impeachment of the President of the United States. I'm so sorry that we're making history in what was supposed to be a very quiet, lame duck period of American political life. I'm your host, Nagin Farsad, and I didn't want to hit the ground running in 2021. I wanted to hit the ground napping. But here we are, and we're going to talk about the aftermath of sedition and armed insurrection. We're also going to talk about freedom of speech and the platforms that might control it. And finally, we'll talk about the New Year's resolutions you've already abandoned. Today, I'm joined by, oh, the best panel for what is happening in America. Uh, you think armed insurrection and these two names come to mind. <laughs> um, first off, uh, we have joining uh, us on the show again. He's a veteran of Fake the Nation. He is a comedian who I've seen just uh, like just delight audience to no end. He can play in any room in America and people will love him no matter what their political leaning because he's just got that kind of thing, the charm, the universal charm. He's got a new album. It's called The Zoom Album 2020, which I highly recommend you download. You remember uh, maybe hearing a bit from that um, in our Christmas episode. Folks, it's Justin Chapin. Hey, Dustin. Yay. Hello. Great to see you. So glad to see you. Um, you've got that uh, post-holiday, uh, post-sedition look on your face. And folks, that means whatever you think it means. Um, <laughs> and uh, also joining us on the show today, oh, we love this panelist, um, editor of Reductress. I mean, and Reductress is one of the funnier fucking things on the internet. If I haven't said it before, let me just be very clear on the fucking level of funniness of this website. It's <laughs> it's incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, editor of Reductors, Sarah Papalardo. Hey, Sarah. Hello, hello, hello. I am in a bunker right now, safe. Um, nobody can get me here somewhere in Connecticut in another location. And for listeners uh, who really want to picture, visualize this, there is some sort of steam pipe that is obstructing our view of Sarah. She is literally in some sort of a bunker. Um, so, okay, now uh, let's get into it with topic number one. 
And before I say anything, I want to point out that we're recording Wednesday afternoon in the Eastern Time Zone and that who knows what will happen after we record this. Last week, an armed insurrection happened, you know? So really, who knows? Follow me on all the social medias that we all abhor, and I'll somehow provide more analysis if shit goes down even further um, as the week continues. Now, um, after last week's insurrection and Donnie's acts of sedition, there was a lot of talk about the 25th Amendment which looks like it isn't happening. There was a lot of talk about a second impeachment, which as of this taping is happening uh, in the House. Um, When and how the vote will go to the Senate is another question. And before we get into all of that, I just want to ask the both of you, what do you think about the state of affairs? Just a a wide open-ended question for you to put your guts on the floor. Dustin, what do you think? Uh, you know, I'm exhausted, obviously. I was, you know, we were all so excited to just have this new year. And so, uh, yeah, it's 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 bad, you know. I mean, I, I just spent the whole time watching, you know, um, the, the riots and all the stuff that was happening, wondering if those are some of my relatives. Like, I was just afraid <laughs> that I was just like, is that Uncle Tommy? Because it was like a lot of these... Well, thanks. I mean, I don't know. I think yeah. Obviously, I mean, for for, I, for, for those who 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 may yeah. not know, Dustin uh, is from Texas, and yeah. not to say the people in Texas are seditionists. Just Most that, of them are. Just but, that uh, you you're one of the <laughs> you, you're one of our sort of like bo- both blue and red state friends. Yeah, I'm kind of an inside man for you there, guys. There like it I is. could I could tell you of the people what's happening. Um. So yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just you know we're just hoping that he gets taken out of. I hope he's banished from all media. That would be amazing. Even cable access, and we'll be you know, we'll be getting just, into that yeah. in the next segment. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah, what what are your thoughts? Uh, well, you know, I, I saw a stop the steel flag driving through the Connecticut suburbs today, and uh, you know, a state also full of many white people. And let me just say, on behalf of the whites, we are not sending our best people to the Capitol. This month. <laughs> really, really it's bad. intern day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I uh, have a, a cautious pessimism toward, toward January 20th. <laughs> cautious pessimism. Um, so, I mean, right, because we really just needed to get through 20 days. Um, and we we didn't get through them. Uh, so I, I, I get it. And I think the weird thing for me about now where we are here on Wednesday after the insurrection is that the, at first, the, quote, storming of the Capitol looked a little bit like a rave. There were costumes. There was, like, some face paint. Um, it did. It didn't, in fact, that day seem as violent as we now know that it is. I mean, of course, like, you know, senators and congresspeople, like, crouching under desks, that, that is, should send chills down your spine. But, I, but the I- immediate images were sort of confusing, right? And now we know that, um, you know, that five people have died and that it's just, it was just a lot more violent and a lot, and then, the, you know, there were, um, you know, uh, napalm uh, ingredients and all of that stuff, like, hanging around. So so everything just, um, in as, as there was more reporting, I actually got, like, more upset by what we were seeing, uh, whereas I feel like on that on that day, it was just a lot more confusing and seemed maybe just a lot more silly, you know? Uh, and I don't yeah, know if you I, feel, felt that way. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of uh, mixed, a mixed crowd, if you will, of kind of like uh, serious militia people, serious Trump people, and then people that just wanted to update their a- uh, acting reel. Right, I mean? <laughs> right, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, right, and they're, you know, or like they were like, uh, you know, promoting their, their Etsy shop of costumes or something. Um, so, okay, so now... It looks like we're going into this impeachment session um, right before uh, we logged onto this Zoom call. Five, uh, um, uh, I, I heard just like thirty seconds of Matt Gates speaking um, in the impeachment hearing, and he was being booed, and I think maybe a little bit of a little bit of cheering. But uh, there are, you know. There, it is a bi- it looks like it's going to be a bipartisan vote. Five Republicans, including Liz Cheney of Wyoming, are voting to impeach. Uh, and, and Liz Cheney said there's never been a greater betrayal by a president of the United States. Like she made it very plain. Even Kevin McCarthy of California, he's a top Republican in the House. Um, he is not is personally opposed to impeachment, but he's not 
rallying his, you know, the caucus to vote against impeachment. So it, and then other people who are voting for impeachment of the, among the Republicans are John Katko of New York, Adam Kensinger of Illinois, Fred Upton of Michigan, um, Jamie Herrera, Butler of, uh, Butler of Washington. Um, and then apparently Mitch McConnell, uh, is in it. What are, are you, Sarah, what do you think of the Republican response to impeachment? Well, I think the usual characters who would you would think would be shocked are shocked. But the, the surprise to me is Mitch McConnell. So, I mean, I'm stuck asking if this man who is so craven and so feckless in his lust for power is is starting to turn. Um, I'm, I'm happy about that, but I'm also just wondering what's in it for him, because that's the only way that he thinks. Um, so I'm curious what he thinks the political upside is because i know it's not doing the right thing right yeah well i feel it's you know i think they're debating which base is bigger you know the trump base or the lincoln project base you know i think they're trying to right 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 you know it's really about their agenda in the future and things you know but uh yeah i don't i don't trust any of it um but mitch mcconnell it was nice to see him do that for sure it's probably the best thing he's ever done (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean I, I think, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, one of some of the arguments that we've heard on the floor today is that that the Democrats are trying to divide America again with impeachment. But the again, the, the country, if you think about like previous American sc- scandals, which really just look like like a silly episode of The Real Housewives now. Like, like, like oh, you yeah. know, Watergate isn't, <laughs> yeah. does not rise to this parents, level. Yeah. Our parents can't back in the dais anymore. You know, exactly. We caught up. Right, we, right, caught right. Up. we caught up. Yeah. We're the ones that have been trudging for miles in the snow to get to school, right? Yeah. And um, and so, so with Nixon, it was that, it wasn't that the country was divided. It was Republicans were divided and, t- you know, until they were like, nope, this was a crime. And they got on board and they told Nixon, we are no longer with you. So then the country was just 100% on board. Leadership matters. And again, I think you're right. It's like, whose base is bigger, the Lincoln Project or Donnie's base? I just don't understand why. I honestly think it's a lot about leadership. You, you, you know, uh, culture comes from the top. And if you, if you're a congressperson, it makes a, a cogent argument against what's happening. There's no reason to believe that, that your rational voters will not follow you there. I, I've, since the beginning, I never understood why everyone was in lockstep behind him. I just, I understand primary challenges. I understand that stuff. But this time, I mean, he's not going to be in office anymore. He's just going to be a guy without a Twitter account, which we'll get to in the next segment. And so <laughs> I, I don't under, I just, I just don't understand what is the point of being so heavily in his corner. And there's also ways of saying, you know, if I'm a Republican, and I don't mean to give Republicans a bunch of, uh, you know, advice here, but if I'm a Republican, I'm just like, you could be like, oh, he did a tax deal we were happy with. He did a 400 miles of border wall that inexplicably we're happy with. Um, you know, there's things that you could say. He did these things that we're happy with that were in line with Republican ideology, but he stepped the line when he tried to, um, subvert the constitution. And so that's where we're unhappy. You know, it's, I think there's ways of saying, look, he, he did some good things, but this was, you know, beyond the pale. And so we can't support him any longer. And that's reasonable. It's reasonable to kind of toe that line. I don't understand why they wouldn't. So I don't know, but obviously no, you know, I've learned something about myself in the last four and a half years of this podcast is that the GOP leadership does not listen to me. (laughs) That's the main thing I've learned. Um, But it's, it looks like there's um, 17 Republican senators that are going to join the uh, Democrats in finding him guilty. I guess the question I have for both of you is like the impeachment vote will come, you know, sooner rather than later. When should it go to the House? I mean, the Senate. The Senate is where there's a real conviction. The Senate has the power to say that Donnie can't run again, um, that we're, we're, he, he's being convicted. He can't run again. He's stripped of some other stuff, I think, like a pension and whatever, whatever. Uh, uh, Sarah, what do you think, you know, about this timeline? It's awkward because Biden is taking office um, soon and he's starting his first 100 days and blah, blah, blah. So what, what do you think the strategy should be here? 
I mean, it really just depends on how they can build a caucus. You know, it depends on who they can whip. Uh, I can't really say, you know, how it's going to affect Biden's first hundred days. I think what I'm thinking of is like, what are the repercussions if we don't do it? Period. Whether it's before or after. What are the repercussions? Uh, I mean, I think we're setting up a stage for a smart Trump to come in office in 2024 and truly destroy this nation. You mean like another, like a, di- like a different person or, like a, or an like again? Like a Tom Cotton or Got something, you. something much, much worse. Um, as far as before or after, I mean, I think what we should do is whatever is most politically advantageous, what gives us the most likelihood of winning, probably with a conviction which is most likely after the inauguration. But but honestly, it just depends on what we can achieve. It's going to be so depressing and so um, just demoralizing if we go through another impeachment just to not convict, um, just another exercise in futility. So I just hope that we do whatever we can to ensure a true conviction this time. Dustin, there's talk, like some, some um, House members like Clyborne and stuff like floated the idea of sending uh, the impeachment articles over to the Senate like three months into tri- Biden's administration. What do you think of doing something like that? Yeah, I mean, I think we just have to keep fighting no matter what and no matter what the timeline is. I think um, we have to just keep, you know, we can't let this just go away. So I think whatever whatever timeline happens, happens in the sense that hopefully it could be quicker. And I think we all have this illusion that it's that we get him out. He doesn't have to run again. But it's kind of what you were saying earlier. Why do they follow him? I mean, it's it's, you know, it's a huge demographic for merch. You know, they always sell books later. They saw they saw what he was doing. You know, they yeah, all want to yeah. jump on that. Yeah, they all so have their Patreon accounts <laughs> set up. <laughs> They do. <laughs> it's all this soulless thing. That's just, well, you, you know, know so, right? And I, I well, the other thing is, I think um, because it's it's Chuck Schumer is going to be the um, Senate Majority Leader, um, which I know never thought I would be so enthusiastic about Chucky Schumer's, but I am. So exciting! Uh, I, I think that like. You look, my, I think, I don't know. I don't know what the right thing to do is. And there are smarter minds out there than me that are really trying to figure this out. I mean, day and night, right? Like Nancy and Chuck are just trying to figure this the fuck out. But I think that they can set up the rules on how they conduct an impeachment. It doesn't have to be, it could just, they could just be like, look, from 10 a.m. to 11 every day, we're going to do some impeachment convictions. Uh, (laughs) And then the rest of the day, we're going to work on COVID relief packages. You know, like, I think, (laughs) I don't know. Does that, I mean, look, it's a little bit, it's it's just like, get the date book out, do some prioritization, you know, let's get down a real solid to-do list and let's just parse out the day in 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 yeah. reasonable chunks i don't yeah. know I mean, they can walk and chew gum at the same time i mean this yeah. is one article this is not like a very convoluted you know ukrainian investigation where we need right, to right, 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 right. people it's one article it's a pretty clear-cut article too yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. Right it's a nice one you're, yeah yeah you're an up or down vote there so yeah i think they can get it done efficiently yeah, I agree because right now the mood is let's get it done. And I do like the idea of sort of like maybe we, I don't know. Again, I don't know how long. I mean, the, the, that other one took forever because, you know, it, there was like a hundred conversations and, and characters and it was like, it was very, I don't know, uh, a, like a Lord of the Rings epic. Um, this <laughs> yeah. is more your like supermarket <laughs> romance novel, you know, like it's easy to follow. Let's get in there. We'll be done in an afternoon you know, uh, Dustin. Yeah. I, well, the, um, the pension thing is huge because he really needs money. So, mm-hmm. you know, to take away, I think it's what, 2 million in, uh, travel expenses and then 200 grand a year or something. I'm not quite oh, sure. Oh yeah. Exactly I think it was a million. Is. I don't know. Don't quote us, but yeah, I think it was a million, a million in yeah. travel expenses, which it's by the way, ridiculous. that's a shitload. I had no idea that they got a million dollars in travel expenses for the rest of their lives or whatever. And and look, yeah. I understand that they're still states people and that they have to still kind of go around the world representing America in various ways or whatever, which obviously Donnie should not do, which also obviously yeah. most world leaders would be like, no, thank you, sir. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, you know. He should have to be like a low-end comic and just get a Toyota Camry and just have to hit the road. <laughs> That's what he deserves. Like, he can still do his appearances. But he's got to do his 
yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's what Donnie's doing bringer shows at Mar-a-Lago yeah. is basically yeah. what he's doing for the rest of That's his life. That's what he deserves. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we are going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about um, other things. But you know what we're going to find out about is uh, people who sponsor their show and keep it going. So uh, let's take that break and then we'll be back. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. ready for topic number two. So Donnie got a lifetime boot from Twitter, uh, which for non-Twitter users may not seem like a big deal. I remember my best friend's like, I never look at Twitter, so who cares? And, uh, and I, but I, but I was like, no, 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 
understand the feeling that he has right now. It's, it is the feeling that you left your cell phone at home and you're out and about the entire day <laughs> and you cannot get in touch with anyone. That is the feeling Donnie has for the rest of his life. Uh, so it is a big feeling that we've put onto him. Um, and so, so he, so he was sort of booted from tw- Twitter, but in that time, um, and, and as a result of that, he was also, you know, uh, banned from, you know, Facebook for, you know, to, and Instagram, and all the, there's all these things, Pinterest weighed in, um, you know, he's, Donnie's posting like his favorite fabrics, uh, and, and designs from 2020. Um, and, uh, and then, and so it's at, around that time, all of the conservative leaders, um, and pundits and stuff like that just started saying, move to parlor, move to parlor. Everybody moved to parlor. And then Parler got really big, like at a huge um, uh, increase in traffic and they, you know, th- th- they crashed and all these things, or whatever. Um, and then it became clear, and I think it had been clear from the beginning of Parler's inception, that they were also not really moderating content. Uh, and so um, people, so companies like Google, Amazon, Apple, they all deplatformed Parler. You can't buy the app through their stores. Um, there's no hosting done be, being done by um, Amazon. And they cited the lack of moderation and the possible incitement of violence. So this raises a big question about freedom of speech in the modern era. I mean, and we've been we've been dealing, we've been grappling with this question. So a president of the United States um, can no longer tweet, uh, but some dictators are still tweeting, right? What does that mean? I mean, where do you think, like, do you think Twitter made the right call? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think like yeah. I like many people, I think it was way too late. Uh, the minute violence is incited, you've broken the terms of service, you've broken the contract. Um, and the thing is, is like there's probably um, millions of future Hitlers on Twitter right now. But as long as they don't incite violence, like they haven't broken the terms of service. It's pretty clear cut. And I mean, I think that's what, you know, for me, takes away kind of the these like existential concerns that we're curtailing, we're, we're suddenly becoming China or Russia um, because all uh-huh. of these companies have very clear terms of service that Parler has broken and that Donald Trump has broken individually. And as long as we keep those rules very narrow, we're in good shape. What sucks is that the right is just pumping out their like free speech charade, making this seem like something that it isn't as if we're like actually just trying to silence people. But it's like, no, we just don't want you to, tell someone to kill someone or threaten someone's life online. Like, how is this that hard? (laughs) Whatever. Dustin? Yeah, I mean, one thing, um, it's such a relief to have him off. It's almost like we got it back, like ours again. You know what I mean? It's to post our dumb cat videos and our little snarky make, jokes. Yeah, make Twitter yeah. dumb again. Yes. Well, he made it dumb. I mean, it makes it just, it just, or just know, like, it, it yeah. already feels better. Light, yeah, lighter, feels, yeah. This weight has been lifted that we don't have. I don't think presidents should be allowed to tweet like that. It's, it's really, it's just too much. Like, you know. I don't know. Kennedy made speeches, you know, just there's a time to get the information to us. It doesn't need to be through this platform. And it does create all this chaos, you know. You know, and the thing is, is that definitely now and then possibly into the future, um, Donnie has access to a shitload of platforms like cable news, like any radio, you know, like Fox and Friends will take a call from him, Uh, OAN, Newsmax, all those guys will have him on. He It's not that he can't get his message out, right? It, it is that he violated the terms of service of this, you know, of Twitter and that he had to be booted from it. Uh, so, so I guess I don't, I don't see that his free speech has been violated in any way, again, as someone who has access to so many avenues of speech. So I, I don't have like any issue with that at all whatsoever. Um, the deplatforming of Parler, I think, is an interesting question because what do you think of having a, a service that doesn't moderate content um, and that's, you know, that is just letting all of the, you know, these ideas flourish. Uh, Do you worry that that could be a slippery slope? I mean, yeah, we've already proven that like, you know, AI existing for 18 hours on the internet immediately becomes a Nazi. So yeah, I think that's kind of the end 
result of letting unmoderated speech go too far too fast like we know that these things happen already we now have demonstrable evidence so yeah i i'm not i'm not concerned about this i think this is exactly how um the one limit on our free speech uh, should be managed yeah i don't have a problem with censorship sometimes you know what i mean the fact that like instagram you can't you know you can't have nudity on it and that's fantastic like i don't have to worry about when i'm scrolling that i'm going to see something graphic i don't want to see like i'm okay with that yeah but and i think the perfect place for trump would be cable access because that's where all the nutbags go and it's like if he wants to just have a place but i understand the idea of like how this can be slippery i mean as a comedian it's like we've seen it where, you know, someone says something and then it becomes this canceled culture thing that they try to throw around. They were throwing that around today. And I was like, shut up. This is not what this oh, is. Oh, yeah. Can you explain? Can you yeah. explain what they were throwing around for people who may, didn't didn't hear well, that they stuff? Were, they were saying that, like, Trump was a canceled cultured president or something and how everybody jumps on this left side and all this stuff against him. And, you know, where it's just like you say something and then everybody just, you know, just has one sided view of it. And then they just kind of attack and bring somebody down. But I, you know, we should be able to say what we want to say but i don't think that uh it's if it's geared towards hate and violence then no you don't get to do that you can't wear a swastika in public for a reason like it's there's a reason for these things you can't say whatever you want on cbs it's like they have the right to monitor these things because they're private companies so you know that's just what it is yeah because i think the at the end of the day part of me wants to be like let's put in like a like a like a 1980s uh, standard, which is like, do you still have access to a Xerox copy machine? And you can like write down your <laughs> shitty ideas and then pass them around to your old friends. School manifesto, old school manifesto. Exactly. <laughs> like if you can still do your old school manifesto, then like I'm I'm you're you've yeah. got it. You've got freedom yeah. of speech. I support that. But yeah. but freedom of speech. And, it, it, you know, in the Supreme Court, it has not included the incitement of violence. So that's just been one of the things where we've, we've uh, like, historically drawn the line. Um, and I'm into that because I don't, you know, I because five people died, you know what I mean, uh, last week. And that's not how it should have, that's not how the speech and peaceful protests are supposed to work. Um, but I do, it, it. I think the I know where I th- I do think we're sort of twisting our panties into a what is the expression we're pa- we're ruffling our panties <laughs> what is the expression Um, no, we're so there's something is happening with our panties in which we're sort of like can't stop thinking about Twitter and Facebook as like free speech forums, and I and I think that's our big problem. They're not free speech forums; they're for profit institutions that should not be expected to have anything but their own private profitable gain in mind, right? Um, and and they and that's I think something that we should sort of we should I, and I get it because we're all using Twitter and Facebook and all that shit as speech. We're using that to get out our my speech about my dumb jokes. Like that's how I'm getting them out. Um, but it's not uh, it's not a free speech for, forum. It is a it's a method of communication. You know, but it is not a free speech forum. Uh, I think I don't know. I, again, I'm so curious to hear what what other uh, you know what like legal listeners um, think about this. You lawyers and whatnot out there. Um, I also want to talk about the Airbnb canceled DC reservations for during the inauguration. Did yeah. you hear about this? This, I just saw this trending before we logged on. Uh, and they said in their statement, we've identified numerous individuals who are either associated with known hate groups or otherwise involved in the criminal activity at the Capitol. Wow. They have been banned from Air- Airbnb's platform. Um, I feel like this is like unprecedented coordination. It didn't even, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's great that Airbnb is looking into it or that the FBI prodded them to look into it or however this went down. But what do you think about this, this kind of coordination? I mean, I just think that, you know, we lost an opportunity to give them a one-star rating on Airbnb, Natch, um, but may, <laughs> may have made um, the National Guard's job a whole lot easier. Uh, it is a lot easier to, you know, 
regulate the highways coming in from Virginia and Maryland than, than uh, stop chaos happening within the city. So I think, I think it's great. I mean, honestly, at this point, it seems like uh, uh, good policy and also like great advertising for Airbnb. Like it's, that's great. This is great. I want to use them more now. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't think it's going to stop a lot of people because a lot of these people are camping <laughs> people anyway. You know what I mean? They'd, <laughs> they'll have their tents and their Winnebago's and all that anyway. It's, you know. I don't know. Some of the costumes we saw on display were quite worked over. You know, there was like makeup yeah. and uh, whatnot involved. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it. Whatever help that can do, I I mean, I think it's great. You know, they also extended the number of days that like the capital is under uh, secure protection from. I, it's normally I think three days, and they extended it to like fourteen or something. All of this makes sense. Let's just let everything simmer down uh, under like large numbers of guards, uh, making sure that things are kind of quiet, um, and let's get this peaceful transition of power underway. Are you um, worried? I mean, you, you both live in New York City. We, we all live in New York City. Uh, do you, are we worried about some demonstrations? I heard there's something um, scheduled for this, for Sunday for whatever reason. Uh, do you, are, are you worried? I'm sketched out, you know? It's like I'm, you know, some a friend of mine wanted to go somewhere on a subway. I was like, nah, I'm not doing that right now. Like, there's certain, I'm definitely, I'm I'm very wary of people. And, you know, it's it's New York, so it's a little less, but Staten Island is not mm-hmm. that far away. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's like yeah. there, there are people that can, you know, get up and do stuff. So, I yeah, I'm a little sketched out. I definitely, you know, don't want to just be out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, where there's people. Yeah. I'm, I'm not like worried about martial law being declared like that level of concern, but I'm concerned that just people are going to die in the same way that a handful of people died last week, you know, because like, right. There are some really serious violent people who um, never got to enact their like war fantasies uh, out. Uh, so this is where they find meaning, but like the majority of people that were there last week were like, wearing Civil War t-shirts. And it seems like they thought they were at like the Civil War part of Disney World or something like that. Like they're just reenacting some (laughs) fantasy that they've been uh, presented. So yeah, I do think that small things can dissuade people who don't have their whole heart in it, which I think is a good amount of them, no matter how much they yell. Yeah, and there's like a bandwagon thing that happens, and especially when it's something you know, people ultimately people want attention, and you could see that in in this in the storm where these people like with the Viking horns, and you know they just they want to be the guy that's a meme, and they want to be this this topic of conversation. So that's what happens a lot of times. Yeah, I like this. I like this notion of that there's that there's a trend that this is a trend as opposed to a full destruction of American society. You know what I mean? And American thought. Um, I a couple of things. One, the term is panties in a bunch. <laughs> Thank you to our wonderful producer Anita Flores for clarifying that for everyone who out there out there who was wondering tries charm. why work. we were ironing our panties by the end of that that line. Um, so the so I think uh, the, the other thing I want to say is, just, is that. When it comes to these, I think the the free speech stuff and and all stuff like the, this fervor over parlor, um, these are trends. And these same and I, I may have mentioned this last week. I don't know, but these same people who we don't understand are the same people from 10 years ago who were really nice to us and we were really nice to them, right? And we were all just like civil people to each other, um, and just as. I, I, I just as we're it, like moved by shitty rhetoric and shitty ideology and fucking garbage coming out of parlor, we can also be moved away from it. And so I I don't like the kind of line of thinking that like America's entrenched in garbage now and it's over, you know? That is not true because just as some, and again, this very, very small minority of Americans got interested in garbage, they can get on it. I mean, they might be the same people peddling gemstones, you know, a year from now, you know? So we, uh, these things are trends. They are periods in people's lives. 
life where, you know, um, where they get lured by the dark side uh, and then they can get unlured. Uh, so I, 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 I want to kind of remember that as the next two weeks happen. And not, it's not even two weeks. It's how long? How many days? What are we at? We're eight days. Seven days. Longest, yeah, mm-hmm. longest week ever. And I've done a cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> But I also feel the left needs to, you know, being someone that comes from Texas and has a lot of relatives that, you know, kind of are swayed towards this, you know, ideology. It's like we need to we need to find a different way to speak to everybody. You know, there's definitely yeah. the deplorable way of speaking to the it is not the way to go. Like, no. We need to find a way to have some peaceful communication. I know it's tough because they feel so divided from us. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that that that's part of the thing is we need to have a new kind of communication with each other and not make it about you're you're dumb and then you think you're a lead and da 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 and it's just back and forth, you know. Yeah. So it's like this, you know, just yeah. not working the way we're doing it. And um, that's why they go to parlor, you know. No, exactly. They, their people understand them, and we need to understand them, even if we don't agree with them. Yeah, I think, and, and, and again, I'm like it's scooping myself because this is the subject of my next, um, my next piece for the uh, progressive. But like, let's fucking be nice. Like, what what yeah. does that look like if we remember how it is to be nice? Uh, yeah. Because we used to do it, and I know that yeah. we've also done incredible amounts of. Um, injustice to uh, uh, women and people of color under the umbrella of niceness. Uh, So it's given cover for some shitty behavior, but nevertheless, we were nicer. (laughs) (laughs) Still, we were fucking nicer. So we know how to, we know how to do that. Um, Okay. Let's uh, move on to topic number three. So we wrote a piece in the New York Times called Why Your New Year's Diet is Doomed. Uh, by Mark Bittman. And it got us thinking about New Year's resolutions in general. But first, I want to talk about this article. It's so interesting. Um, like, di- I, look, I just want to say for listeners, I'm talking to two incredibly svelte and um, gorgeous <laughs> individuals who don't like appear like they've ever needed to think about dieting. But it is something that the average American is always thinking about around New Year's. Um, and and the, the right, I'm just going to quote from the article. The struggle for your health is not a battle between you and the scale or you and the brownies. Excessive weight is a symptom, not of laziness, stupidity, or a lack of discipline, but of food, but of, of a food system that thrives on pushing junk. The struggle is really between you and the big food marketers that sell you that junk, their most profitable products, and politicians who enable them. So my question to both of you is you do you feel the larger institutional powers when you open the fridge or go to the supermarket? Like how much did this peace resonate with you? Yeah, I mean, the pandemic was tough for a lot of us. I mean, I, I mean, I was eating sleeves of Nutter Butters. You know, it was because <laughs> you know, I don't drink or smoke or anything. So, you know, drugs or anything like that. So it's like food was my vice. Like it was my way of kind of curbing this anxiety. Right. So, um, but yeah, every time I drink a Diet Coke, I think, you know, like this shouldn't be legal, but, you know, I enjoy it and whatever, but I feel like it's, there should be more regulations on this stuff that's bad for, especially the processed food thing. But I grew up on it. I mean, it's, like we had, we were the first family to have a microwave and it was like a you know wow. our, both my parents worked and it was just like we just had a freezer full of you know processed food and right. we threw it in the microwave and so I grew up like that you know it's like my most of my diet growing up all those years was this this horrible food that I <laughs> you look on the back you don't even understand half the ingredients so I think there should be more regulation on this stuff Sarah but at the same time yeah yeah I felt like I grew up like eating cancer basically. This piece resonated with me so much because, and it, you know what, it reminds me so much of the way we deal with environmentalism and we insist on personal responsibility uh, that like, that's going to solve all the problems. Uh, but like, we're telling people to eat better and exercise while our, uh, our our entire society is built around the opposite of that, clearly, because there's a profit motive. And there's also a profit motive in the diet industry and the exercise industry. So, um, you know, Europe has a much better handle on these things than we do in terms of food regulation and warning signs on unhealthy things. But we just let it rip. I mean, remember the attempt of the soda ban, even when Bloomberg was still mayor, like, even that didn't fly. So, like, 
If you're like a <laughs> that was so ridiculous. I mean, it the 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 backlash against it was so ridiculous. Everything about it was uh, hey. yeah. But he did get a lot of people to quit smoking. I'm hey. I'm one of them. Like it was the fact because I love smoking in a bar. It was like that was kind of a drink and a smoke and a, that was kind of and the fact that you couldn't do that anymore. Smoking was less. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I mean that's a good. Uh, it, example of how structural changes can change individual behavior. But like, how could I expect like a working mom who's not making ends meet and doesn't have like time to think like you're going to take what's put in front of you, especially if all you can afford is cheap filling processed food. Like it's not their fault on the whole. And so, yeah, it sucks. We live in a shitty country. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 look, Dustin, we've we've both been on the road, and uh, we know what it's like to be in towns, you know, where I might look be looking for like my independent organic food sellers in New York, and I know exactly where they are by neighborhood, <laughs> categorized yeah. by name, um, indexed by uh, variant of vegetables. Um, I that's not the same when you're on the road oh, and you're no. sort of like in between shows, and you're tired and you're desperate. You and like you're doing what an average person is doing and you're just sort of like, I guess I'll just do McDonald's. Like it, th- there is yeah. a fatigue that sets in and, and you're in parts of the country that are food deserts, right? Um, Absolutely. And there's, there's food deserts by neighborhood for each town, but then there's just entire towns that just don't have, like don't really have the, not, even if they do have like supermarkets or whatever, they just don't have a, 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 a frequency of options. Um, and so it becomes, and they and they may, and they may not have a cultural demand for it. So nothing even pops up. There isn't a mom and pop organic food seller that pops up because of the lack of demand. And that, you know, that's a cultural thing. Um, and that's where we need policy to kind of infect culture a little bit the way the smoking ban did. Yeah. But you also like, was you also you have to force it on us like McDonald's was forced on us. My dream is like you know that uh, I don't even. It's a gold mine waiting to happen so that somebody takes the same model as McDonald's and just you know and it has with organic healthier food that they can just push on people and put it. You know a kid will eat a broccoli stick if you put a toy in the box. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's it's like, right. <laughs> it's like if you just market it better. You know marketing. It's all eat, marketing. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I want to point out from the article, because this article was really great. I highly recommend people check it out. Um, it, they, but, but the writer wrote, writes, talked about the dominance of ultra-processed foods and, and, and says that more than half of our total calories come from these ultra-processed foods. Um, and our ancestors, no matter where they're from, would not recognize our diet. That, uh, that most of the ingredients in ultra-processed foods are not ingredients you would find in a kitchen, <laughs> like like me, and the three of us don't have access to the things they use to make these foods. Um, the, the, uh, he writes, the result has been an average weight gain for adults of more than 24 pounds between 1960 and 2002, and an epidemic of chronic disease, um, and that between the execution of your knowledge and the execution of your wishes stands a $14 billion food advertising budget, which is, again, I think... It's about marketing. Like if that $14 billion was used in the other direction, um, imagine, you know, what would happen. I think we're asking also, like when it comes to New Year's resolutions, you're basically saying, hey, willpower, do all of the job, even though $14 billion of pressure is applied to your willpower to do otherwise. And that, I think, is the incredible thing about how um, this industry is working against your one individual person's desire to like lose a few LBs. Definitely. Absolutely. And marketing, like you said, I mean, whenever time I go into a Whole Foods, I feel judged, you know what I mean? <laughs> they need to, it needs to, be, needs to be more open to, you know, it's like Piggly Wiggly. And, you know, I go to Piggly Wiggly, everybody's having a good time. Nobody makes me feel bad. Right, 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 right. It needs to be it's inviting. Like, it needs to be inviting. Yes. You yeah. got the music going. Yeah, it's a I good time. I hear you. <laughs> Um, by the way, shout out to Cardenas in my parents' hometown, uh, in California, which is a Mexican supermarket that is the most super fun supermarket in all of America. If you are in the desert of Southern (laughs) California, you should go to Cardenas. Um, all right, well, let's talk about other types of New Year's resolutions. Did you, uh, did either of you make any resolutions? And now that we're on day 13 of the new year, um, 
did any have any of them stuck? Have you, or like do you even remember what they were? <laughs> no, I'm like morally against. I, I I just try. This is my one way of like rebelling against society. Is I don't do New Year's resolutions because they are designed to fail. Designed to fail. So I have none. I'm gonna stay the shitty person that I am all year long. <laughs> I just eat whatever's fed to me and marketed to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay, Sarah, I just want to say about you that, you know, you endeavored to um, build and amplify reductress, right? And that and that's an incredible gargantuan task. And you were able to use some sort of reservoir of personal resolution making to do that. Do you have a secret? Okay, so I think my, uh, my thing, you know how some people talk about like, drinking and partying on New Year's, like, amateur hour, like, the real drinkers do it all year long. I think that, like, honestly, just, like, running a company and all that shit involves so much planning and goal setting regardless that I'm, like, I'm tired of goals. I don't want to have any more goals. (laughs) Like, we're talking about boring business goals, but, like, no, (laughs) this is my vacation. (laughs) New Year's equals no no goals for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, so so basically your secret is that you do it every day, that you're goal setting every day. Exactly. I just like play it cool and pretend that I don't. (laughs) Right, right, right. Got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You really do because I would, you know, you you make it look easy. Dustin, did you have any resolutions? Um, I did until I saw de Blasio dancing on New Year's Eve and uh, (laughs) just kind (laughs) of... What was your resolution? Um, no, I, you know, I feel like all these kind of traditions and things are, are change, don't matter anymore. You know, I mean, I get, it's, I feel like it's the way life is right now and what we've gone through in this last year. I, I think it's more about just waking up is a big deal, you know, <laughs> actually exercising, you know, and just doing, you know, basic things is a big deal that, you know, and I had such, you know, I worked really hard on trying to do something creative during all this craziness of last year that I'm exhausted. So this year I'm just trying to slowly get it together, you know, figure out things that I enjoy doing. And I think to to me, my resolution is to do that. Enjoy what I'm doing and make goals, but not overextend myself. I, but because, I have to say, you know. you're making it sound like that's not a big goal. But that, I think, in the hustle and bustle of especially freelance life, but just every yeah. type of life where you need to earn a living, um, <laughs> which is most people, yeah. uh, that's actually a really big deal because I would say I spend more than half of my work life doing things I don't enjoy and yet I am my theoretically own boss right yeah. so I think that's actually a really an, an incredible goal and, 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 a, and a difficult one to maintain because you really get sucked into uh capitalism uh putting food on the table and all that stuff so any sort of enjoyment of work kind of gets pushed and relegated to the side and pushed away and pushed away and pushed away until you're living a life in which you truly don't enjoy your work at all. That's so, that so easily happens to people. And I would, I would argue to most people. Um, And so kind of finding that again, I think is really, really difficult. Um, One of the, we, we uh, also looked at a piece um, called seven steps for making your new year's resolutions stick uh, in the Harvard healthy publishing uh, in Harvard um, health website. Uh, And, you know, they, they talk about, uh, dream big again, like, uh, Dustin, you're someone who put out an album at the end of last year, uh, the zoom album and, uh, which everyone should be downloading. And, um, one of the thing, one of the, the steps, one of the first seven steps for making a new year's resolution is dream big, which is funny because I would, would have thought it would be dream small, <laughs> like make it a manageable and incremental thing. Um, but, but no, it's, it's like to do something big because there apparently it inspires others. Others can cheerlead you. Um, it's also a little bit, I mean, I also kind of creates a circle of accountability. You know, if you start talking about the big thing you're trying to do, um, have you ever felt nervous to tell people about the things you're trying to do? <laughs> Yeah. 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 You know, especially in the arts, there's, you know, there's sometimes there's people that, you know, one 
silver lining um, is, you know, enduring all this is you don't have people kind of, you know, around you that are negative, you know, because you don't see people like you used to, you know, there used to be a lot of competitiveness in the arts and things and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, sometimes I feel like people, you know, self-doubt and stuff give you self-doubt. But uh, yeah, I I try to keep, I try to, the best thing to do is just kind of like keep it to yourself until you get the ball rolling, I think. Because a lot of times I'll get excited and tell somebody and then they'll just, you know, break my spirit. So I try to stay away from that. So getting rid of that toxic energy is, I think, the best way. Yeah, because it's like, it is, it's important to kind of share your projects and be open and get, you know, a circle of support around them. But at the same time, are you getting a circle of envy? Mm, And, you know... One quick thing, and one thing I've noticed that people are doing that I've never seen before is like, uh, <clears throat> I'll see people post like, oh, I have an audition and this is th- this is my thing I'm reading. And like, they'll take you through all these things yeah. instead of just like, hey, I got the part, you know? It's, <laughs> it's like they're revealing too much before they actually focus on kind of what they're trying to go after. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, the, I it's, mean, it's, too it's, much it's funny because, stuff. right, like I think of what social media has done is like made us share you know, minutiae of our daily lives. And in like, if it's an actor or something that might be, hey, this is an audition. This is what my sides look like. This is how I did the part. Like what, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, (laughs) I, like I've lived a life where I never tell it. I basically never tell anyone about anything. Oh, I know. We saw you, we saw you on a show. We were like, she didn't say anything (laughs) on the show. Like, (laughs) he's on the show. What? We have FBI, what? And it was like, (laughs) that was nice. That was great. Yeah. I mean, because- Nice. Because also, I i mean, I, I sort of go in the other direction where I worry that me talking about stuff is a little, I don't like to brag also, unless I'm fake bragging, but like, you know, joke bragging. But, but I think bragging is a part of um, the, and I think it's a part of social media culture that I'm just like deeply uncomfortable mm-hmm. with. You know, I'm not, I, I can't, I can't handle the hashtag blessed, um, you know, I can't handle it. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Sarah, what are you like when you're about the sharing? Yeah, I mean, I feel these- as as Project. much as like enjoying uh, uh, attention can be nice, I feel like when we rely on the um, reception too much and the attention and the likes, it just slowly erodes the capacity to feel joy for the process of making something. Because like that's if you lose that, then you just lose the entire like joy of making art in, in general. So I try to like. I try to focus so much on just finding joy in the process. And if it gets a good reception, like great, but that's like 5% of the total joy. Yeah. Right, 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 right. The part you can't control. So you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't try. Um, This article also talked about, well, so they, they talk about dream big, but then also break that dream up into small enough steps. So, you know, so for example, if you're in, a member of Congress and you want to impeach and remove the president of the United States. Um, and it takes a bit pro- and it's a really big gargantuan task. Break it up, get that scheduler out, see what you can do in the Senate while also doing other things, you know, break up your goals. And then another um, aspect is under- understand why you shouldn't make a change. Like basically understand why you've been doing the shitty thing. Like what aspect of the shitty thing. So the example they gave, which I thought was really excellent is if like, if you're a smoker, part of the thing you enjoy about being a smoker is taking a break out, like going outside and taking this moment to yourself. So they're sort of like the thing that you enjoy about smoking is the break. So take breaks, just don't have them be about smoking. Right. Uh, So analyze why you, you know, and, and, and for me on a personal front, I, um, when I'm trying to like not eat my pastries, there's like a particular cafe that I like to go to and eat pastries. It's more, it's almost more about the ceremony of just going to this cafe and seeing some people I know and like having a, a nice uh, sit outside in the outdoor dining in the 35 degree weather, um, you know, in New York city during the pandemic. Um, but so, and, but I realized like uh, the thing I like is a ceremony. I could do the coffee without the pastry. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. so that's like part of, uh, you know, the kind of, like getting yourself to do it. And then here's one. And I wonder if you, uh, if you, either of you ever do this, I'm, I'm really bad at doing this. The, one of their things is give yourself a medal, like encourage yourself to keep, um, doing it by 
by being like, oh, you get to, I don't know, like play this song at the end of like a 20, you know, a five mile run or whatever it is. Do you ever do like kind of nice things to yourself that you to applaud yourself for doing uh, the goal? I definitely do. And I will share the most awkward one just because yes. working, working for, from home for so long is I'm like, if I finish this, this piece of writing, I get to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I get to pee and it's going to be so great when I pee. Uh, and let me tell you, I finish wow. my writing so much faster. So, yeah. I could never do that. I could never do that. I would just be a mess. I have to wear the pens. <laughs> Um, yeah, sometimes, you know, I'm a shopaholic and so sometimes, you know, I'll buy something for myself if I feel like I'll spend a little money yeah, on myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, if I finish something, I'm into vinyl, I'll buy a vinyl record or a hat or something, you know, I'll, I'll do that if I finish something. Right, big, right, you know. right, right. Yeah. I like, I like this, but I mean, I, I like the sort of bigger gesture to yourself of like a, a record or a hat or whatever, but I also like the smaller gesture of urination, mm. you know, I, yeah. I like the, but I really, I, I like that. I mean, I like the idea of like, you get to listen to a song or you get to, I don't know, like something, um, because the thing that I've noticed too, it, for example, like when I've done my like no carb kind of uh, eating, which is the the best way my body functions, um, I still make a lot of dates with people to go out to eat, and I just like eat the things on the menu I can eat because and and I and I don't talk about like oh I'm like keto right now saying no I just like find something on the menu I can eat I don't talk about it and then that's and but because the point is not what I'm eating at the dinner, the thing that I like to do is socialize with other human beings, right? So it's like, don't remove, the thing has to continue to be fun. And if I can keep making it fun, then I'll be able to keep doing it. Yeah, I quit drinking years ago. And, you know, before COVID, I enjoyed just being in a bar. Yes. And I, I think mm -hmm. I, it was the, it was a, the jukebox mm -hmm. and the lighting, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and an occasional fight. You know, that's, I miss those <laughs> <laughs> Now you can get into a bar fight in the comfort of your own home. <laughs> that explains all of Dustin's like random bottles, like hanging around. He's like trying to recreate a nice bar fight scene in his, in his apartment. Um, all right, folks, let me know if you have managed to maintain any of your New Year's resolutions and if you have a trick. And this isn't about New Year's resolutions in particular. It's about just resolution making in general, creating new habits. I'm just so curious about how all this stuff works for people. Um, and Sarah, I feel like I'm going to hear a lot about your urination reward. I can't wait. Uh, which is, <laughs> which is <laughs> one of the more hilarious personal rewards. Uh, Sarah, taking self-care to a sadly low level. <laughs> um, all right, folks, that's the end of the show. And I just want to ask you both as we close the show uh, and, and as we've had a tough week and and hopefully we'll have a quieter one in the week ahead maybe um what is uh, making you feel hopeful you know a vaccine rollout uh, an impending uh summer with uh, a democratic president um and the the capacity to see other people again and also getting married in october i think <gasps> I, um, that's Yay! gonna be awesome Yay! so yeah, I'm stoked for that. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Dustin? Yeah, all the, all the things that Sarah said, except the wedding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's exciting, you know? I mean, I don't, I'm not going to let these events, you know, <clears throat> prevent me from being excited, you know, about Biden being, you know, president and us, you know, uh, having the House and like all those things are really, really optimistic. And I think it's, uh, and hopefully, and I, th I think we're going to, I think we're going to get along a little bit better. I mean, somehow I feel like it's going to, we're going to have a breakthrough with kind of all this chaos and hopefully that, you know, the peace, the peace will happen. I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful for peace. I really am. Believe it or not, even through all this. Craziness. Yes, me too. And, and the thing I'm hopeful for sort of just a, a lot of what you have already both already said, but that we now, like, I know so many people 
who are getting vaccines because they're healthcare workers or they're teacher. A friend of mine is a teacher is getting her vaccine on Friday. Um, and the, it, it, we went from a thing being theoretical to actually seeing people get it. And that's so exciting. Like it really, every time, please keep sharing your vaccine stories with me because it does, it makes me feel better every time. It's like, this is actually happening. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and, uh, and, and again, I think one thing that the insurrection has shown me is the extent to which people, you know, I know uh, my parents have some friends who were um, on the, the Trump train who were really disgusted by what happened. There are so many more people that are just really upset by what happened. And so it is, um, you know, I, I think a, you, uh, there is a chance for this being a unifying moment in American history. And that is, um, you know, that's also something to be hopeful for. Uh, folks, what I would really love is for the people of Faith the Nation to be able to follow you in all the good work you do. Where do they do that, Dustin? Uh, yes, you can follow me at Dustin underscore Chafin and all the uh, Instagrams and Twitters out there. And please buy my album, uh, the Zoom album 2020. I'm really proud of it. Um, it was like a way for me to kind of <clears throat> do something creative and wild during the pandemic. And it really turned out uh, the way I wanted it to. So please buy that. You can get it on Amazon and iTunes. But thank you so much. Yeah. Right. And I just to let listeners know the remarkable thing about the album is it was literally recorded on Zoom. And there's laughter from all over the country. <laughs> That's embedded yeah, in the album that was recorded, it, you know, and it, it, it's also really just kind of cleverly done. Um, so, uh, so congratulations on that. It's really, it's really fantastic and so fun and funny. Uh, Sarah, where do people find you? You can find me on all the social medias at your papalardo, uh, and check out reductress.com. And um, if you are looking for a pod-friendly game, uh, Reductress has a card game that you can find uh, on our website pretty easily. Hey, I love that. Um, I and I, yeah, I, I've, I've sung the praises of Reductress, uh, so please um, definitely follow Sarah and all of the work uh, that they do at Reductress, which is amazing. Um, I, folks, <laughs> I mentioned last week I let it. I, I, the breaking news was that I'm on TikTok, so uh, I am like things are happening with me in a video on TikTok. And again, all of social media should be shut down, and I'm de- I'm generally against it. But also follow me on all of the social media that I am against. <laughs> um, and uh, what I really would like to do, though, is thank the people that make Fake the Nation a possibility. We are talking about our wonderful producer, Anita Flores, our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens, Gobby Alter, wrote for our theme music, Lily Fleshler helps with research, and listeners, we'd love to hear from you. So send us your feedback topics we should be chatting about, guest ideas you might have. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 331-901-0005 or drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com. If you like what you hear, please favorite Fake the Nation on Stitcher. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and the SiriusXM app. And do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps more people find out about the show. Um, that is uh, that is it for us. Uh, thank you, everybody. And we'll be back in your earballs next week. <laughs>